Yo, 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 good morning, good evening, good afternoon to my beautiful people around the world tuned into your favorite podcast. It's the one and only Bringing the Wood podcast. This is another Camper Chronicle Productions, and I am D Wood, and this is the Bringing the Wood podcast. Thank y'all for tuning in. It's going to be another stupendous, wonderful episode. I know that ain't the word, but you know, I like to have fun on here. So again, thank y'all for tuning in. I hope y'all day has been great. It's a nice day. Got a little workout in this morning. I'm I'm feeling pretty good uh, today. We gonna get straight to it though. I know I try not to waste no time now. You know, sweet season is winding up. Yeah, hoop season just ended. Boom, boom, bam. We'll get into that. But y'all know I got a few things in the football world I like to talk to. I like to talk about. First thing I want to talk about is uh, college football Hall of Fame. And here are some notable players for the 2024. Uh, College Football Hall of Fame leading off Michael Vick of Virginia Tech. Obviously, Vick is Vick and one of the most sensational players in college college football and the NFL if you ever got to watch Michael Vick play. Another one is Larry Fitzgerald. Uh, Fitzgerald name still ring bells in the ACC as a Florida State fan. He killed us. Even though we would beat their ass, he would still go out and get 200 yards receiving and 10 catches. Fitzgerald's been a boy since boys were... Uh, being produced <laughs> but uh, Larry Fitzgerald out of Pitt University we got Terrell Suggs out of Arizona State obviously ball so hard University you already know um, I'm a representative of that as well um, yeah another guy um, this guy obviously the next guy his NFL career wasn't this but if you've seen him in college this is what got him drafted round one pick two and that was Ryan Leaf man and uh, again, out of Washington State, he went up there and set all the records at Washington State. He was a big time star at Washington State. Obviously, that's why he was one of the top two picks in the draft. Um, so again, this is the College Football Hall of Fame and not the NFL. But an amazing football, college football career for Ryan Leaf, and he's bounced back from the woes he had in his off the field life, and now is a damn good analyst. I'm on the NFL Network. If you haven't seen him. Um, he usually be on Good Morning Football. He does other a, a myriad of other things as far as being an analyst now. And uh, I think he does a good job. So a good turnaround for him. Eric Bieniemy, throwback before my time. But the running back uh, for the Colorado Buffalo. This is when Cordell Stewart and them was playing as well. This might be before Cordell while I'm playing. Uh, I had to go do my research on this. But, again, this is the offensive coordinator previously of the Kansas City Chiefs. Now are the Washington Commanders going to get a big chance at that. Next one, another quarterback, Ken Dorsey of the U. Hated this guy. Hate everything about Miami. He was successful with Miami. Won a nanny with them, but I do not like Ken Dorsey. I ain't got nothing good to say about him except for they won a national championship. As a matter of fact, they might have been the team that lost to Ohio State. That would be even better if they are that team. Um, but he's the office coordinator for the Buffalo Bills now. He's a hell of a coordinator. Um, had the Bills, uh, you know, a game away from the AFC Championship game. So I definitely like what Ken Dorsey's got going up there. Huh, another quarterback turned, uh, what shall I say, coordinator. Kellen Moore of Boise State. If you didn't see... Kellen Moore at Boise State, you didn't watch um, what we like to call a prototypical quarterback. He's just very small. But at Boise State, he's the all-time leading winner in college football history, not just um, not just in in, in, be in uh, Boise State history. College football, it's him, then Colt McCoy, and then everybody else. Top two all-time. And again, Kellen Moore is uh, going to be inducted in potentially be inducted into the College Football Hall of Fame out of Boise State. Another one, uh, and we got a seminar on here, work done. Thought he should have been in there, but 
Um, you know how the game go. Tremendous running back, Super Bowl champion, uh, all-time great Florida State running back. Uh, again, Pro Bowl caliber back. Had tremendous numbers for Florida State. Again, was a part of our run. We made it to the when we was uh, on our way to make our run for the national championship. Him and Peter Wart. Uh, so again, man, we're done. And he does great things for the community in Florida. Um, building homes. He builds like one home a year. I don't know how long it's been going on. I don't want to put a cap on it. But he builds like one or two homes every year and gives them the families to take over. I feel like if you go look into it, Deshaun Watson was one of the families that got a home from him too as well. Like the guy work done is a, a true, true gentleman. Uh, constant professional on and off the field. And this is another tip in the cap for him um, if he gets this. Uh, another wide receiver, um, another all-time great, all in college and in the NFL, Marvin Harrison out of Syracuse. Obviously, the big talk is about his son, who potentially could be the first receiver taken next year in the NFL draft, Marvin Harrison Jr., but we're talking senior on um, Syracuse. Still the all-time leading receiver at Syracuse all these years later. Um, again, Super Bowl champion, uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer, man, uh, second second uh, catches uh, in a season ever all time. The guy's a, a great guy and he's potentially going to be making his way um, to the Hall of Fame in college football. Probably my favorite guy on the list next to work done. Eh, and he's probably tired of work done. And this is just for personal bias. Marshawn Lynch, University of California, town business. Gotta get to the Hall of Fame. I think he's borderline an NFL Hall of Famer as well. It might not even be borderline. It probably be clear cut, but I definitely think he's a Hall of Famer in college and in the NFL. Marshawn Lynch, man, town business. Uh, I, I don't gotta say nothing else, dog. Y'all already know what it is. Uh, Julius Peppers is the next one out of North Carolina. Peps is needs to get in the Hall of Fame just because he was able to actually make the basketball team at UNC and play. Big minutes in the in the national championship run. They didn't win it, but Julius Peppers was a baller at North Carolina, and uh, he balled in the league for multiple teams: the Packers, the Bears, the Panthers. Um, and this guy is a, a true, true talent on and off the field. And was a great, great college football player. Again, could have played in the NBA probably. Probably wouldn't have been as successful. But, you know, skilled players like that usually go far, whatever sport they usually take on. So shout out to Julius Peppers. And to finish off the list, last but not least, if you did not see this guy in college at this position, you need to go watch some tape. And that's Antoine Randall L. He played quarterback at the University of Indiana. This man was special. Um, very, very good player. Obviously, was special enough to be able to transition to play receiver and have a long career and win two Super Bowls with the Steelers as well. Um, tremendous career, but uh, even greater quarterback at the University of Indiana. If you get the chance to go put on some Antoine Randall L highlights, go put those on. That man was one of one. Uh, even go All Star game. He was a yeah, he's a beast. Antoine Randall L is is really a boy boy. Uh, but again, those are just some of the notable players on the College Football Hall of Fame. And again, the players that stick out: Michael Vick. Marshawn, work done, Kelly Moore. Those are guys that for sure just stick out in college football. I had marks during my childhood as I grew up watching this game. So uh, congratulations to all these men on the ballot. And, uh, you know, hopefully you know the guys that get in. Congratulations on another step uh, towards just being a greater player and a greater person in the world. Next, uh, we also got Black College Football Hall of Fame. Got to give out some shouts to them. I only know like two or three of these guys on here. 
but again, the first one is Leslie Frazier out of Alcorn, was an undrafted uh, free agent and went on to play, what, 14, 15 seasons in the NFL um, out of Alcorn. You got Henry Lawrence out of FAMU, Albert Lewis out of uh, uh, Grambling State, Jim Morales out of Tennessee State, Tyrone McGriff out of FAMU, uh, Elijah Pitts out of, oh, I can't even say the name of this school. This black college don't even exist no more. And so I, I don't want to slay the name of it and do it wrong. Uh, Pete, uh, Pete Bridgeshan out of Winston-Salem University. And uh, Johnny Walton as well is the last one. Um, uh, East, uh, Eastern Carolina State University. Um, these guys are inducted into the Black College Football Hall of Fame. Congratulations to those gentlemen um, on, you feel me, just continuing to be great, bro. It's good to see Black College Hall, Hall of Fame, NFL Hall of Fame, College Football Hall of Fame, just recognizing great players on all levels. You know, some players aren't going to be great players in the league, and you know some players aren't great players in college and become great players in the league. So it's just great to be able to be acknowledged to be one of the greater players of your sport for an era. So shout out to all the guys that, you know, whether it's the league, or, or college, or again, even the black college. Uh, congratulations on being to the next level of excellence. Now we're going to get into the goodness. We're going to get into some Titan talk. Uh, obviously, D-Hop came and visit. He visited for two days. He came Sunday and Monday. Stayed two days. Said he would keep in touch. Then right after his visit, Titans came out and named Tannehill QB1 for week one. Likely. Likely QB1. Which makes a lot of sense. Obviously, D-Hop's going to want the best receiver, I mean, best quarterback for him. And in this case, at this moment, it's Tannehill. He's beating out Will Levis to be the starter. But again, I think that has something to do with, again, uh, trying to sign D-Hop. You know what I'm saying? Which ain't a bad thing. And D-Hop obviously said he'll stay in touch with us. Uh, he was very successful with Mike Verbal. He has a rapport with Mike Verbal as well, so... Let me say the remaining contact, but he obviously took a visit to New England as well, where he his old head coach is there, Bill O'Brien. Even though they don't have a relationship, he don't have to have a relationship with Bill O'Brien. He knows Bill O'Brien can coach football, and he's a good and he can get the best out of D Hop. But he knows Belichick runs the show, and again, uh, obviously as a Titan fan, I would prefer to have D Hop because we need him. But as far as for D Hop, I think it goes a lot of ways for us. We got the we're in the weaker division, so he has a better chance of making the playoffs with us. But we have less talent around as well, so he could be targeted uh, a lot more, should I say. You know what I'm saying? He could be double covered more and shorted things like that, unless Traylon Burke and Chiga Kwanku take those big leaps that we expect to take in year two. But again, that's something we still have to wait and see. It's not guaranteed that it's going to happen. This is still a wait and see approach with those guys. So I'm definitely, definitely thinking, like, if you look at the Patriots, you know, they got Mac Jones there, Ramondre Stevenson. Our line is brand new. I think it's going to be well this year. We got some question mark players, and that question mark's like, are they good? Is Can they hold up as starters? A couple of guys going to be their first time being full-time starters, so can they hold up in that aspect? Patriots already have a really good offensive line. Again, Ramondre Stevenson in the backfield, good running back. You add Juju Smith-Schuster already. They added Mike Gesicki. You know what I'm saying? You throw in Thornton in there as well. Taekwon Thornton, the, the the burner. They got a nice little receiving core over there. Uh, uh, Kendrick Bourne, who I'm a fan of. So I definitely think that team has the better look. But again, 
Then you're going up against the Bills and the Dolphins and the Jets. You know what I'm saying? So it's a it's a it's it's a two way. And then again, there could be a dark horse team that comes out of nowhere and offers him some money and boo ooh la la. And neither one of these teams get the chance. But I'm just speaking on the two teams that have he's went to, he's visited. He's still in New England right now. He went to New England Thursday. He's going to be here Wednesday and Thursday. So he came yesterday. He'll finish up today. And then we'll see what happens after this. Obviously, most of these guys are going to sign before training camp, but training camp isn't until next month. So they have a little time, but you still want to get to your city, find you somewhere to stay, learn the layout of the land, where's the local these and that's that, so you can still have a little bit of time to acclimate to weather and whatever else, you know, your kids, life, moving your family, you know, depending on what you got, you still want to get in there and get yourself comfy. So I definitely think D-Hop will make a decision sooner rather than later. But I think we're going to definitely have some dark horse, dark horse teams pop out while we still got some time left in this month for them to try to make a push at D-Hop. Um, because, again, as much as he wants his money, he does want to win. So if he can find him a middle ground like that, then I can see him doing that. But as far as Titans and Patriots, I think we got a better chance at making uh, 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 the playoffs. And then, you know, once the playoffs started, it's anything goes. But as far as the Patriots, I think they had a more talented team offensively to help still he doesn't have to get the bulk of uh, all the work. And, again, he's already been in Bill O'Brien's system. He's been there. But our new quarterback, I mean, our new offensive coordinator as well was the quarterback's coach for the Texans as well. So it's a lot of little nuances that go in to why D-Hop went to these teams. There's some familiarity in there once you dig inside the numbers and go do the research like I did. Um, and you learn that there's some he got a lot of faces that he remembers as far as coaching, which could make the playbook be easier. Again, you're on a short window, so you want to be able to get as acclimated as fast as you can to a new playbook, or even if it's not a new playbook, new wording, new terminology, and uh, things of that nature. But I definitely think D-Hop should come to the Titans. That's just my personal opinion. Again, but the Patriots, uh, you know, they have a chance. They got a, a well-respected coach who's already on record being a fan of DeAndre Hopkins when he was in Houston a long time ago. So, you know, the respect is there for it. So, you know me as a fan, I'm going to wait. I don't see him rooting for I'm hoping for the best, expecting the worst, you know, and it is what it is. Uh, as far as another uh, free agent that potentially could be signing, Marcus Peters likely to sign with the Raiders, hometown, town business, you busy, real West Oakland. It's all the way live. Uh, <laughs> I get out of myself sometime when people that you know you grew up with and you got to watch play and grow up and play in high school you get to see them on the big stage now they come all the way back full circle even though it ain't oakland it's still the raiders he's still going he's still gonna get some of that he's gonna still feel that you know what i'm saying but he's likely to sign with the raiders um again the raiders could definitely use him obviously they brought in some help um with uh bringing in duke shelley and david long duke shelley of the vikings and david long of uh the Los Angeles Rams as well. Obviously, safety markets as from the Eagles. But they got to help out the secondary. Um, they just got to help out the defense in general, not only the secondary. They did a lot of help with the front and the draft. Um, and, again, you're helping the back out out, helping the back half out via free agency as well, which is another good thing. Again, Peter's a three-time pro bowler, two-time all-pro player. Uh, led the league in interceptions his rookie year. He's got 32 interceptions, 92 pass breakups over his career thus far, and he will continue to add to it. And the Raiders, um, they need help on defense. Again, they allowed the seventh most points per game last year and allowed the fifth most yards per pass play um, last year. So, they, again, you want to help the secondary. 
You know they're going to get better. They're going to apply more pressure. So you go get a cornerback who can make plays on the ball. David Long's going to be a good slot. Duke Shelley and Nate Hobbs. If they sign Marcus Peters, Duke Shelley and Nate Hobbs battles it out for that at other corner. You stick Marcus Peters out there at one corner. David Long goes in the slot. Marcus Epps at the strong. Trayvon Mooring at the free. Secondary looks a little better on paper. Obviously, you guys got to go out there and execute. The question mark will be the Duke Shelley, Nate Hobbs. I'm not sure what those guys will be. Um, Nate Hobbs is always hit or miss. I think he's a rotational player at best. So if he does beat out Duke Shelley, then, you know, you guys kind of still have a problem at corner, and it might be something you want to address, um, you know, in the future. But, again, Marcus Peters potentially signed into the Raiders. Again, all these guys want to get on before training camp starts. You want to get on before training camp starts. You don't want to deal with the hassle of having to, you know what I'm saying, be late. If you get if you get what I'm saying. You don't want to be tardy to the party. <laughs> um, what else we want to talk about? Oh, yeah, Netflix is releasing a, a, a docu-series on the court. It's called Quarterback, premiering on July 12th. It'll be featuring Pac Mahomes, Kirk Cousins, and Marcus Mariota, all from last season, the highs and lows, the good, the bad, the ugly, and all the in-betweens um, of a full season. And um, I seen the trailer. The trailer looked good. It showed these guys in their most vulnerable state, um, even being at home with their families, uh, the ups, the downs. Even Mariota, you know, you know what his situation was this year, being benched, leaving the team, leaving early. And he still was doing all of this and was still recording a Netflix documentary and uh, reading a little bit up on it. They said they picked these dudes because these guys were open to letting them in on the personal level that you really don't want other teams and other players to know. And uh, they were really open to it. And um, it seems like it's going to be a great watch and I will be tuned in to it um, next month as well. Again, the Netflix docu quarterback docuseries entitled Quarterback, titled Quarterback, premiering July 12th. Make sure y'all tune in to watch that again, featuring Patrick Mahomes, Kirk Cuzzo, and Marcus Mariota. Now we switching it up from quarterbacks who on a docuseries, we talking about players who ain't finna show up to camp. And not only players aren't showing up to mandatory OTAs, we got some players threatening to not show up to training camp, whether it's via contract, uh, wanting to be traded, or just damn near just, you know, just not feeling it. And we're going to start with Saquon Barkley. Him and the Giants, man, they're they're off-off on the... I ain't going to say off-off, but reports clarify that there's no offer on the table that both sides are uh, in agreement on. But they are back in communications working on a new deal for Saquon Barkley. And I'm going to park it right here because I'm going to give a little bit on all of these guys who, who, excuse me, are holding out. So... We'll start with Saquon. Listen, I, and again, Dayball showed he's a great coach. He got the most we ever seen out of Daniel Jones. But Saquon Barkley was still the best player on the offense and probably the best player on the team. Maybe Dexter Lawrence was a better player as D-tackle, but I don't think there's more. there were more valuable players on the New York Giants team outside of Saquon Barkley, like I said, outside of the coach who won coach of the year and all that good stuff. So, if Saquon Barkley is really bad enough to sit out, and we ain't seen nobody sit out since Le'Veon Bell, and again, Le'Veon Bell came out and said he don't think that that was the right way to do it. World may never know. 
I don't think the Giants will be successful without Saquon Barkley. But again, this is, Dayball and them got to be, again, I don't know how much say-so Dayball has in getting Saquon paid or not. But I do believe if Saquon Barkley was to just hold out, even if it wasn't for the whole season, maybe the first four or five games, and just let them see that like Daniel Jones is a serviceable quarterback. But to win a Super Bowl with a serviceable quarterback, you need an elite running game, elite offensive line, and elite defense. And the only thing they have a close to elite out of all the things we named is an elite off running game. And that's what Saquon Barkley. Offensive line is moving in the right direction. I think they're closer to great than they are to good. They're not elite yet, but I think that line is going to get better with time. But I don't think these guys do anything without Saquon Barkley. And if they let Saquon Barkley... You know, not show up. I think they'll 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 pay for it, and I think that it'll it'll hurt and it'll only help him out. Um, next, Chris Jones. Chris Jones already said he wasn't showing up to minicamp. Uh, he's in the final year of his uh, deal. He's uh, he's expected to get nineteen point five million. Obviously, we've seen the market climb up for all the D tackles, and respectfully, he's the only one. I, in the top five with two rings. Aaron Donald has a ring. He's the top dude. Chris Jones has two rings. Jeffrey Simmons doesn't have a ring. Uh, Quentin Williams, who's trying to get paid, doesn't have a ring. Dexter Lawrence, who just got paid as well, doesn't have a ring. This guy has two. So I definitely think that they will pay him. Mahomes already kind of came out and talked about it. That's why he did his contract the way he does, so he can always fix his money around and move money around and be able to give his guys what they need to go out and be comfortable and help them play at a high level because he knows he can only go as far as the players around him. And again, Mahomes elevates the players around him, but he's not elevating the defense. Offense, hey, he's he's going to, until, until I don't see it, he can improve the players around him on offense as long as these guys listen and get open. But he can't, he can't elevate the defense. So, again, guys like this, you have to keep. You have to keep them. You have to bring them in. Uh, you got to do whatever it takes to keep Chris Jones happy uh, and, and let him back. And I think I think they will, though. Again, Mahomes came out, talked about it. Andy Reid came out, talked about it. Uh, Spagnola, I want to say that's the D.C. Spagnola came out, talked about it. They all want Chris Jones back. They all know what he means to the team as a leader. Um, on and off the field and what he does on the defensive line as basically their only good defensive lineman. Um, and, he, and he balls out and teams can't do anything about it. So I definitely think he'll get paid. Um, another guy who potentially uh, could either want to trade or want a bigger contract, Buda Baker of the Arizona Cardinals. He came out and he demanded a trade earlier in the offseason. Now he's saying he wants to be paid as the highest paid safety. He's like, I need one of those to happen or ain't sh- about to happen. You feel me? Do you smell me? I need one of these to happen or nothing is going to happen. And, hey, uh, again, with the direction the team is going, new new, new, new uh, head coach, new coordinators, we'll see. We'll see exactly what's going to happen. I'm excited to see. Again, Buda Baker is, a, is one of the better safeties in the league. Uh, three-time pro bowler, all-pro safety in 2021 or 2020. Led the, led the league in solo tackles last year with 104. The guy is a playmaker. He's a baller. Excellent safety and a leader of men. And some of those qualities you can't coach. So I definitely think they need to make a decision on that. Again, he's under contract, though, so they ain't really got to do too much. So you kind of got to respect that. Um, 
One more guy I want to talk about. He's not he's not uh, holding out, but still waiting on the team as well. And that's Dalvin Cook. And again, he came out and said he wants to go somewhere where he's wanted. He said, I don't need to be the highest paid back, but I do want to be somewhere around market value. So he's looking for around $10 million a year, $9, $10 million a year from a team. Again, 27 years old, a lot of gas in the tank. Um, obviously, a lot of people have been talking about Miami, um, Denver as well as another team that can help out. But I feel like there's going to be some dark horse teams that come out of there as well. Again, the Buffalo Bills, hell, the New England Patriots, they just cut James Robertson, the backup running back who they signed to a two-year deal in the offseason via the Jets and the Jaguars, and he didn't even make it to training camp, and they already let him walk. So they definitely have room for another running back. Um, and you need a guy who can who can pass pro and catch out the backfield. Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook does those. Again, Cowboys could still use a back as well. So there's definitely some teams available for Dalvin Cook to go. Um, another running back I think is going to be good if he gets a chance out there, Little Fournette or Kareem Hunt. Both of those guys are out there on the market as well. I think they still have a lot of talent. I think those teams, those both of those guys, can, oh excuse me, can help out somebody's roster um, um, sooner rather than later. For real, for real. Um, and one more thing I want to talk about before we switch over to the NFL, I want to talk about Stefan Diggs, bro. And um, he missed practice, wasn't for money. Because he's the highest paid receiver per year coming into this season. I think he gets like 20-something, 20 $22 million this year, which is the highest per any receiver cap hit, cap number. So it ain't money that he was holding out for. It was they was not on the same page. So when I hear that, and then I also hear your head coach come out and double down and say, yeah, this is, this is an emergency because I wasn't expecting this. And for him to not be able to keep his composure, really come on and say, this is a problem. Diggs isn't here. We need him here. Um, this isn't good for the team. I don't think those are things he should have said. I like Josh Allen saying that um, Stefan makes him better, and he believes that he makes Stefan Diggs better. Uh, I definitely think it's more of the latter of Diggs makes Allen better. But at the same time, bro, I do think Stefan Diggs is, and again, all receivers are divas, but it's levels to this diva shit, bro. And for you to be upset that I, you didn't get the ball enough, you know what I'm saying? Last season, I guess, in the playoffs are what you felt in key moments. It's like, dog, that's kind of that's kind of whack, bro. And it's like, I don't mind you going off on the sideline. Like, that's neither here nor there, you know? You want to win, so that's fine. But carrying that with you all the way to OTAs now, after what happened last year, you should have called somebody and talked to them, bro. Like, that's... Excuse me, that's kind of soft, dog. Like, and again, I think he's a real extra anyway. Think about it. He got out of Minnesota because he didn't want to play second fiddle to Thielen. It's like, well, now you're the one. You're here. Now what's your excuse? Y'all have been here. Y'all y'all done made it to the AFC Championship. Y'all done made it to the second round. What are you going to do? Do you want him to force it to you and stop looking at everybody else? And then they're going to start saying... Oh, shit, he's not spreading the ball around. He's just forcing it to Diggs because Diggs came out and complained. This, to me, doesn't look good for the Bills on any level. Yeah, he came back today. He was at practice. Yeah, he's trying to come out and say, I'm going to let everybody speculate what they want. Yeah, we is. Why you wasn't there? You ain't going to say why. You ain't going to say it's because you don't like what happened. Again, these dudes be all tough, but don't nobody want to say what's going on. All right, we'll keep it in-house. But I just don't think you should have not showed up because you got some vendetta what happened last year. But, you know, that, that that's just how I personally feel. 
I don't, I don't, I, I don't know, man. He said he gonna be there for for training camp. He will be there. He said he's very confident. Sean McDermott came out t- today and said they're very confident. But I just don't like the look, man. And now, if, now you never really know. Like, is he really, is it really good or not? What was said? Why was he really out? What did he have a problem with? Because he always got a problem. But he don't got a problem when he getting. 17, 18 catches a game. Again, he's starting to give me me player vibes, dog, and I don't like me players. I don't like them. Only me player I like is Terrell Lawrence. And he wasn't a me player because he really wanted to win. <laughs> but, yeah, I just don't like this. This, was, this wasn't a good look for me. I didn't really like Diggs doing this. He's much, much better than this. Um, so, I, I definitely think yeah, again, it'll, it'll get fixed up, man. Football, uh, once they start winning games, we'll all forget about this, which is, you know, that's how it goes. So I, I ain't tripping too much off of it at all. Again, um, Josh Allen came out and said it was non-football-related things. That was why he wasn't there. So he he's going to stay out of it. That ain't his job. He has to. He keeps him comfortable on the football field, which is 100% true. That's exactly what he's worried about. Whatever you got going on off the field with the Bills and the regime, that's fine. When it comes to on the field, that's where I am here to help you at. That's where I come in to help you. I definitely want to help you out in those aspects. So I um I definitely think it's something to watch. I don't think they're gonna trade digs or nothing crazy like that. But you know, we we in a we in a we in a crazy time, so yeah, we've seen crazier things, but, you know, we'll, we'll know soon enough. If he's going to get traded, he's going to get traded sooner than later. But they're going to try to smooth this out because they need Stephon Diggs. Uh, again, they are not the same offense without him. He's a bona fide number one. Better double me or his trouble be. Um, so I, I want to see how they smooth those things out as well. And and that's my wrap-up on the NFL. Again, just a couple hot takes, a couple things to talk about. I want to talk about the players who holding out of minicamp. And potentially gonna hold I me mean, OTAs and potentially gonna hold out a training camp. Want to talk about Marcus Peters, D Hop, uh, Dalvin Cook, the Netflix docu. Just a couple of things to run by you. Uh, just you feel me to get your brains going, keeping football alive. But again, football is about to end. Um, this is my last little shindig. Uh, I said the end of this month is the last month, but it might be sooner. Might be sooner. But again, y'all gonna know because y'all tune in. So y'all know I'm gonna keep y'all posted. For the NBA news, I guess we gotta start with what the with the with, the, with, with what it really is. The champs, man. Congratulations to the Denver Nuggets. First time in Denver history winning the championship. Um when they go out there and they get it done in five games, man. And they beat the Miami Heat 94-89 in a very good closeout game, though. The Heat gave them everything they could. But in the end, bro, just too much Joker, too much Murray. The supporting cast was cooking. And the Heat just didn't have enough firepower to muster it up, dog. Um, Bam Adebayo had 20 and 12. Jimmy had 21. Struce had 12. Gabe Vincent only had six. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, it was just one of those moments. Tyler Hero was eligible to play, but he didn't play. You know, it, it was, yeah. They're going to they're gonna hit the ground again, and, and they'll get it right. But as far as Denver Nuggets, Nikola Jokic, finals MVP, averaged a triple-double. 
Schmeichel Porter Jr. played, had his best game in a closeout game, 16 points, 13 rebounds, took 17 shots, but he was terrible from the three, one for six. Um, but again, they champs, dog. And it was a it was a great, great season for the Denver Nuggets. They was the top one or two team all season, uh, from start to finish. And they dominated in the playoffs. Uh really, really having no hiccups, dog. And they and they show why they were one of the better teams from start to finish in the league. You tip your hat to Coach Malone, to to the Joker, Jamal Murray, the whole team, the staff, the organization, everybody. Great year for y'all. Um, man, you know, enjoy this moment because, you know, a lot of guys don't make it back here. Obviously, they'll be – I don't know if they're going to be the favorite, but they'll be one of the one of the better odds coming in the next season, especially with a healthy Joker, health, healthy Murray. Um, depends on how they address the offseason and who they bring in and things of that nature. But um, the parade is today. They're out there living it up. I seen OG Jiggity Jeff Green. I seen OG DeAndre Jordan. And I seen OG Ish Smith, bro. These gentlemen have all been in the NBA for a long time. We got DeAndre Jordan. He's been in the league 15 years, been on seven teams. Ish Smith, 13 years in the, in the NBA. Excuse me. 13 years in the NBA and 13 teams, man. Every year he's playing on a different team. Well, he hasn't, but that's how it would measure out. And then Jeff Green, 16 seasons, 12 teams, man. And these guys finally get to capture an illustrious championship. Uh, congratulations to the OGs, bro. Those are the moments you live for. Those are the guys that, you know what I'm saying? Like, they that, that helps them out back into this career, man. You go out and get you one, even though you didn't contribute during the playoffs. You played in the regular season. You was a coach on and off the floor, a veteran. You've been in a lot of playoff games. Uh, I think it was dope to see those guys. Uh, go out and get them one, man. Go out and get them one. Again, congratulations to the darn Denver. Nuggets. And now to flip to Miami. Miami, uh, they already came out and said, we will be pursuing a star. We will go star hunting. Those were the words that they actually used. We will be going star hunting in the offseason. And boy, oh boy, there are a lot of stars who potentially could be out in the open market. We got Bradley Bill, who the who Wizards just officially came out and said, hey, we are now working on a trade. Where Bradley Bill to trade him because he's the only person in the NBA with no trade clause that I know of, so he can only go where he wants to go. You're not just gonna trade me anywhere. So I do think this is uh, big. I do think they gonna like I said, the two sides will work together to find a deal if Washington decides to rebuild. And the writing on the wall says rebuild. They got a new GM. They got a new head of scout. They got a new coach. They got everything is 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 getting reworked. So I do think this is the time to rebuild. Where Bradley Bill goes, nobody knows. We Obviously, the Heat will be interested in a guy like that. I think Portland will be interested in a guy like that to pair him with Dan Lillard. Um, I think the Bulls will be interested in a guy like that because they've quietly been shopping Zach Levine as well. So uh, I think this is going to be a very, very interesting um, offseason for the NBA. And for y'all who don't know exactly how the NBA offseason works, we got the draft is June 22nd, which is coming up soon. Um, then June 30th, teams can begin negotiating with free agents on June 30th. But July 6th, actual free agent begins when you can actually go to that city and sign a deal. So we're going to get some verbal commits and some, some contracts agreed to uh, on that June 30th phase and start negotiating contracts. And then again, July 6th, free agency begins. And then the start of training camp is October 3rd. 
hoop kicked back off, I want to say like pff, the 15th or something like that. But again, those are some key dates you want to keep up for. The draft, the opening date for negotiations, the actual start of free agency, and the start of training camp. Definitely. Um, there's a bunch of teams that want to move up and down in the draft as well. And um, the Raptors are one of them. They're eyeing the top three pick, Raptors and Wiz. And again, Portland is the team. They got the number three pick. Do you want to trade the pick? Bring help to Dame. Do you want to trade Dame? Draft the, use the pick and draft and rebuild. There's so many options that Portland have. And I think between Portland and Washington, they'll sit down with their stars and see what they really want to do. Um, the craziest one that came out, and obviously it, it makes sense now, the Pels are interested in trading Zion Williamson. But only if they can draft Scoot Henderson. Here's the kicker, y'all. Guess who got pick three again? Portland Trailblazers. If you Portland, would you want to trade pick three and get you Zion Williamson? Maybe pick three and something else and a player or two to get Zion? And now you got Zion and Damon Portland and you try to make that shake? Or if you're Portland, do you trade Dame to, to, to the Pels and you get a, 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 a Herb Jones, a Grant Theft Autorado, a Zion Williamson, and you get a couple guys like that? Oh, we have a guest. Oh, y'all. This is the first time in Bringing the World Podcast history. We have a live guest. I'm going to take a quick little break, answer this door. We'll be right back, and I'll continue this talk on Zion Williamson or whoever this guest is. Yo, 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 welcome back, welcome back. I told y'all we had a special guest popped in. Y'all heard the doorbell. It's good, but hey, my brother from another mother, glad he's here. Sinjin Sears in the building, my bro. He's been on here a few times. How we feeling today, man? Man, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling great, baby. Good, good. I was telling you off the air, you came in at a perfect time. We talking, obviously, like I said, the, 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 the Nuggets won the ship, but I was shifting right into off-season mode, and I was uh basically talking to uh, the listeners about potential that's about to go down with all these moves obviously like i said bradley bill um is now looking to be moved he's willing to uh remove his no trade clause to be traded to a you know a team of his his choosing i think that's interesting we've been waiting on bill to move obviously portland and dame lillard have a relationship to where they've said uh we're all in this together with dame lillard as long as he wants to be here so i think that's one of those things and then the last one which is the biggest one the Pelicans just came out and said they're willing to move Zion, but only if they can get into the top three because they're eyeing Scoot Henderson, which is the top guard in the draft. Mm-hmm. Other than that, you got Victor Wabanyama, Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson. Those would be the top guys in the draft. Pelicans said they're willing to move Zion if that. Obviously, Zion has some other issues that <laughs> when I do my roundtable talk, and it's a group of us, we'll, we'll have fun with that. We're going to keep it strictly basketball and we're gonna bounce around between these guys in general and like we said zion now hitting the hitting the free test uh trade market uh bradley bill dame lillard i'm gonna start with zion because i want to give some numbers from his rookie year 2019 2020 he played in 24 games he missed 48 games in 2021 to 2022 he played in 61 games missed 11 games 
2021-2022, he didn't play in any games. He missed all 90 games because they made the playoffs as well, so they played more games. And last season, played in 29 games, missed 54. That is 114 games out of a possible 203, which is, I'm no math with, so I had to look up the numbers, 36% of the games he's played in since he's gotten the league, and you were the first pick in the draft. And I'm not even going to go deep into the draft to go look at all the players. I'm just going to go look at the guy that was taken right after him. Obviously, he's in some trouble, but as far as being available and healthy, he's playing and he plays at a high level. Now, he does some other things that we've talked about. John Morant tripping. They're going to come down with a suspension now. They said they were waiting until after the finals. But my question to you is, is Zion still worth the value he would be? Or do you think they're going to get lesser value for him? Obviously, if for shits and giggles, if Portland trades pick three, do you think they just trade pick three straight and get Zion? Or do you think there would be more? And how much more? Are we thinking this is still a blockbuster because of Zion? Or does four years of injury history kind of pull you down and maybe we give you pick three and like a role player or two? I think... well, that's the first part. And then I'm going to go with the <laughs> second part after that. Go ahead. I think if I'm a team sitting with that... Mm-hmm. I'm going to need something else. Mm-hmm. And the reason why I'm going to need something else is because we don't know fully what is going on with Zion, right? We hear all these different speculations off the court mm-hmm. and on the court. Facts. Um, we get different injury reports every week. We don't know if this man is healthy. Then one week he's doing windmill 360s. We don't know what it really is, right? And because it's... The NBA, we know the NBA be having their own agenda. Hence, I mean, the situation in San Antonio with with uh, Kawhi, right? Yes. So it may be we. It may be he per- He's perfectly fine, or it may be they're trying to protect him and they want him around. They want him. They think he's good for the NBA, so they're trying to protect him. But all in all, I'm I'm thinking if I trade <laughs> for him, I need something else, right? Like I I. So you saying Portland gonna need more than just Zion? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I, I need you. I'm a, if, if, if yes. Okay. I'm a, okay. Now, now we getting somewhere. <laughs> okay. And now, now my question: Would Zion and Dame Lillard, and you know whatever else they add, would that be enough to entice Dame to stay in? Do you think a healthy Zion and Dame Lillard combination could be a force in the West? No. Because the West, if we know anything about the West, the West, you need more in the West. Now, if they was in the East, <laughs> they was if that if Portland with Zion was in the East, I would say that's that's enough to get you to almost the finals, right? Like that, just them two alone, right? Mm-hmm. But we talking about the West, right? Definitely. So the West, you from top to bottom, right? Every team in the West, every top team in the West has a bench, a big man. And a point guard, mm-hmm. right? And somewhere in between, right? And facts. So the West, you you're gonna need a lot more. No, definitely, definitely. Um, my next one would be: Do you think uh, the Pelicans will be interested in Dame Lillard? I think everybody in the league will be interested. You know what I'm saying? If they could somehow <laughs> figure that out, but keeping Bi now, see. And now I, you can somehow walk out McCullum, B.I., and Dame Lillard? 
That Obviously, was- Zion would be one of the trade partners. You're sending Zion to Portland with, you know what I'm saying, some other things to entice them. And y'all keep y'all pick three. Now y'all draft school Henderson and Zion. Now y'all got a new young two that yep. you build in Portland with Anthony Simons and all these young cats they got. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like a lot of scenarios, but it's like, do Dame want to go to New Orleans? It's like, he was just in Portland, small market. New Orleans is a little bit more alive here than Portland. Yeah. And I think the team is got much more talent. You still got Alvarado, Herb Jones, uh, Jackson Hayes, uh, Valanchunez. They still got a lot of talent in mm-hmm. Portland. I mean, not in Portland, but in, in New Orleans. And I don't think they're going to have to give a lot of those guys up. Maybe one or two of those guys would include Zion to, to entice Dame Lillard to come. Dame Lillard in, in, in New Orleans, how did that sound? B.I.? I, I, now, that sounds incredible because now that puts you in a position to actually do something. Man. You got a team that grow. You got a team that's hungry. Uh, shoot, I would even go so far as figuring out how to find a real big man over there, right? Mm-hmm. And there's a few of them guys that's available, that's true, right? True. That that can you know that can help you. Uh, that would look incredible. Definitely, definitely. Uh, got got some few more guys that, that that's been in talks. Obviously, Bradley Beal is a big one as well. Um, I do think that the Wizards will turn the leaf. Um, obviously, Miami is going to be plastered over everybody in the offseason. They're going to try to get somebody to pair with Jimmy. But I think the thing about Jimmy Butler is you can't bring in any superstar, bro. No. Like, I know they tried to go get Kyrie Irving. Um, Jimmy Butler is leader enough to lead Kyrie Irving. But I don't know if Kyrie Irving is team-friendly enough <laughs> to buy into what they do in Miami as far as playing on both sides of the floor. You know what I'm saying? I think he would be able to respect Jimmy Butler as a leader and how he plays. But would he buy into playing defense on both ends of the floor? Because everybody has to play defense out there. Even Duncan Robinson is learning how to play defense out there. And you see he tries. So are you going to be willing to give that effort out there? Kyle Lowry still be coming off the bench. Like everybody, like that's one of those things that you got to do in Miami is give effort. Do you think he would be able to give effort over there? And obviously Bradley Bill plays a little defense. But, I mean, we talking Bradley Bill. (laughs) <laughs> you know, um, obviously, we don't know how good or great Bradley Bill would be when you stick him where it's going to be more pressure, the games count more. Obviously, you play free in Washington when you're not expected to win more than 20 games. Mm-hmm. So I do wonder how he will feel with the pressure on. Obviously, we got a little glimpse of that with him and John Wall, but what do you think some teams that would be uh, a good fit for Bradley Bill? Bradley Bill? Oh. Man, been in Washington since listen, the beginning of the time. Listen, right? Uh Bradley Bill, where he would be nice at, I think Bradley Bill will be. I think the Lakers will be a good team for Bradley Bill. Mm-hmm. Um, I think. Uh, I think the Celtics, right? I mean, mm-hmm. obviously, you going you you got to figure out how to make that work, right? Right. But I think I think teams that are shoot even Philly, right? Like mm-hmm. I think teams that are that are on the brink of being. Champions, like, shoot, Bradley Bill in Milwaukee, right? Milwaukee. You see the, Chris Middleton with his little yep, fall off, yeah. So I mean, the injury. I mean, and that and that 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 fits right there because they need a lot of these dudes need a Bradley Bill to yeah. get them over, right? Bradley mm-hmm. Bill, he's he's definitely one of those guys that that can get you over the hump when you already have a star. You get what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah. Like sometimes. Sometimes I I don't think people have put enough importance on having one of those those really good 
not superstar guys, not all. You know what I'm saying? Bradley Bill is a hit budding superstar. You right? He's you know a what I'm ca- 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 all star. They're gonna call yeah, him an all star. We just call right? him an all star. And I don't think I don't think teams I don't think teams put a lot of thought into those all star roles on their team, right? Because those guys essentially are your X factors, right? Yeah. Like Ginobili, right? Clay like, Thompson is Clay a bona fide yeah, yeah, all star. Right. Like, I wouldn't call Clay Thompson a superstar, but you can't call Clay Thompson nothing less than nothing an all star yeah. player. Obviously, right now is whatever, but again, over his career, and I think that's what Bradley Bill is. I think he's a two to a superstar, mm-hmm. but he's still going to play like an all star. So he's still going to go out there and get twenty five and twenty six, yeah. and that's why I go to this team, mm-hmm. Dallas Mavericks. Pressure. He like that. he can play on the ball and off the ball. Obviously, Kyrie Irving, they they thinking about bringing Irving back. But how about you do a signing trade and send Irving ass over there? Let him go play in Washington and be a superstar in D.C. <laughs> and be next to the White House and do what he do. Y'all know I love Kyrie. I'm a dude guy, so there's no bad blood. But I just understand the type of guy he is and what he really want to do. And Bradley can play on and off the ball at a high level. And Luka is an extreme passer, and he's a knockdown shooter, scorer, and can facilitate the ball. I think that would be an amazing pickup for them if they could get Luca. If Luca could get Bradley Bill, obviously, I don't think they have the firepower to trade. I don't even know who right. you would start with. So that's my only knock on them. But again, Luca needs somebody. So that's why I do think they'll end up keeping Kyrie because I don't think they'd be able to sign a trade for Bradley Bill. So I think they'll end up stuck with Kyrie. But if Bradley Bill could get with Luca Dodgers, that's a backcourt for that your is, ass. That is, I like that. I yeah. like that. I now like you can't. It's, it's a lot. It's hard to double when you got a guy like that mm-hmm. with you rocking. But I, I definitely like that one. Um, again, and uh, we got to go back to Zion because obviously we just talked about it being just the Portland thing. Where do you think Zion could go? Outside of, again, we said Portland. The guy, man, it's like if he healthy, where would it be a good fit? I think that's a hard thing to say is because we don't fully nope. know the impact that Zion has on the game, yeah. right? It looks it looks good, and when he comes in, he does a lot of things. But, I mean, has he played long enough for anybody to be able to game plan against him? Agree. Right? Agree. So, it's hard to say. I mean, Zion would be a great act probably to any on any team. But we just, we just – I don't – I think the problem with Zion might have been is – when he went to Pelicans, they wanted too much for him, from him, right? Like, they expected way too much from somebody that has too many question marks, right? If he goes into, you know what I'm saying, if he falls into one of them roles uh, secretly, right? Like, kind of like a, kind of like how all the niggas did on, or all of, everybody did on uh, Philly, right? Mm-hmm. Like, they, they had enough time. Nobody was checking for Philly, so they had enough time to, uh, Let Embiid and yeah, Ben Simmons like, and all bro, those guys, you know Maxi and Kent- yeah, right. Mm-hmm. So and like even even on Denver, right? Michael Porter Jr. Nobody talks about how he was able to just sit, rest, get his body together, but still play, right? Mm-hmm. In small increments. Still no until, pressure. We got Jamal yeah, Murray, who's yeah. our best player, who's supposed to be our best player. We got Joker, who's became our player. Yeah. So the guy we want you to be, we still hope he comes. But now you got time because mm-hmm, you're in a better mm-hmm. situation. So, so I think yeah. Zion would fit definitely on on a team that, I mean, shoot, maybe Zion on a on a on a Miami team could help, right? Zion on a on a shoot, he it just has to make sense mm-hmm. to where he shoot. I mean, 
even if you trade DeAndre Ayton and 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 get Zion and and, and uh, Phoenix, I even though Phoenix is in win now mode, but I mean that that would be a team to where you're not expecting him to hold the torch, right? He's mm-hmm. just another. He's a he's a good asset to a team. He's not the team, and I think that's the problem in New Orleans is that Zion was the team up until. He can't be it because yeah. he can't stay on the floor. And again, I'm not taking you at round one pick one to not be nothing less than my team. Right. So, uh, and I think like, and that's the scary part. He's starting to get into that realm where, bro, you might be a role player. Mm-hmm. You might turn into a role player, bro. You might be a serviceable starter, no longer a franchise player or the franchise player. I'm gonna say a franchise player, but the franchise player. And again, injuries is everything, and we kind of all seen it coming from a distance. It was like, man, a guy. This size shouldn't be able to jump this high and do the crazy athletic things that he can do. Um, but I, I do think that it, it's a market for him. I definitely think it's some teams licking their chops like, man, if we can keep him healthy. If our, if our, if our uh, doctor staff here, or medical staff here can, can, can do it right, we can. Because, again, now we're saying he might go for the low. And if you can get him for the low and get value out of him, then again, you got yourself a steal. Mm-hmm. But it's like you said, it's like, is he is he going to stay healthy? And I think that's that's the, the biggest mystery going into the offseason. It's like, are you willing to tra- tra- trade a lottery pick for a guy who you're not sure if he's going to play more than 40 games? Lottery picks ain't guaranteed either, but I know he's healthy coming out. You know what I'm saying? Scoot Henderson ain't got no injury history. Uh, Brandon Miller out of Alabama ain't got no injury history. Mm-hmm. Victor Wembanyama ain't got no injury history. So it's like, do I want to sacrifice trader for one of these young dudes who are got a clean slate to to bring in a guy who we thought could be the next big thing, but injury has derailed his career. And I think that's where a lot of teams are kind of going to sit at um, on the fence with Zion. And we'll wait it out and see as well exactly what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a person who said the free, the free agent market, who I think will be a big hit, uh, Fred Van Fleet, at a Toronto Raptors, he mm-hmm. opted out of his deal. Uh, he's declined twenty two million to to go test the market. I ain't gonna lie, I think he's going to have a very, very, very strong market. Um, I think a lot of teams are going to be interested in him at a starting guard role, and he can yeah. play either guard. He showed he can play point guard this year when they let Kyle Lowry go, and he played off ball all those years with Kyle Lowry. So. Very flexible guy, knockdown shooter, can defend as well. I ain't going to lie. Lakers, mm-hmm. Clippers, mm-hmm. both teams need a point guard. Mm-hmm. I think both teams in L.A. should peep that out and um, see what happens. Miami, if you can't get Kyrie Irving or Bradley Bill or something, this is an upgrade. Gabe Vincent is nice. Duncan Robinson is nice. <laughs> Fred Van Fleet has been an all-star. Facts. Six men of the year. This guy can play, and I think... It's going to be a couple teams that he's going to have a nice little list. I think he'll have a nice little list. Those are some of the teams on the high that I can see going for him. Uh, you feel me? Up there, up top. As far as on the lower end, my Brooklyn Nets. We still need a point guard. We're playing with Dinwiddie and Michael Bridges as our guard combination. Dinwiddie ain't a true point guard. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I wouldn't mind letting Dinwiddie walk, bringing in Vlan Fleet. I think Vlan Fleet's a better defender. He might not get to the rim as good as Dinwiddie, but we got Michael Bridges for that. We got to bring back Cam Johnson and things of that nature. So, I wouldn't mind bringing in Fred. I think he would help us out, space the floor, and he can defend a very, very high level. I wonder what they do with Pascal Siakam. I think I just feel like he needs to get out of there and get a little change of scenery. 
Uh, but he's one of their better players. And then him and Scotty Barnes kind of do the same thing. So I just think they're kind of crowded. Then they got OG Ananobi. He kind of in the say all like that three, four, five caliber wing player. This is like, bro, they all do the same thing, you know? So it's, it's not a knock, but I do think Fred's going to have a good market. I do think one of those LA teams, I think my Nets, uh, I think we definitely need to uh, reach out. And then uh, one person that's going to hit the market, that's going to be an under, but I just like him as a player, Cal Kuzma. Cal Kuzma declining his option, uh, $13 million option for the Washington to hit the market. Don't be surprised if Kuz go back to L.A. and be on the Lakers. I don't think he ever wanted to leave L.A. He did it. He, but he was the best one. Right. He was the only one hooping in that lady. But he, that's why he had to be the one traded. And I don't think, I don't think genuinely they wanted to get rid of Kuzma, right? Like, Kuzma, I think Kuzma out of... It's crazy because I think even Brandon Ingram too, mm-hmm. right? Like I think those guys looking actually all of them dudes, right? Like I don't think they genuinely wanted to get rid of any of them at that time, but it was. I mean, you're getting Anthony Davis, right? Mm-hmm. So you have to make way. But I think all those guys would are would be a great asset back to, on the Lakers now, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Especially Kuzma, Kuzma. Mm-hmm. Kuzma can do everything that you were looking for, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Kuzma was... He could be Jared Vanderbilt. What the, well, now he can knock that corner three down because Jared Vanderbilt couldn't. And they had to. They started pulling him. He started being ill-playable in the second half. It's like, but again, you know, sacrifice you got to make, you end up getting the ring out of that. So you, you look at that, but the way the NBA is, everything comes full circle again. They can definitely get him back, but I think Kyle Kuzma is gonna have a nice market. Mm-hmm. I think he's a good player. I think the uh, I think the Hornets, my boy Melo and them, they should look into him as well. Oh yeah, I think he can be a 17, 18 point per game scorer in the league and be a solid starter like a Harrison Barnes was. Um, you know what I'm saying? Something on that level. So I definitely think uh, he's a, he's a solid player. Uh, again, gotta you're here. We gotta talk Suns. Chris Paul officially. Officially, unofficially, he's released, but y'all can always bring him back on the signing trade, depending on what the market says. How do you feel about Chris Paul being cut? And what do you think, who do you think y'all should go get for DeAndre Ayton? My feelings is hurt that they get rid of Chris Paul, right? That's why I asked. But it's crazy because I'd never seen that Chris Paul deal being a good thing, mm-hmm. right? Like, I didn't want it to happen. When, like, I'm like, that doesn't make us better. But not realizing when they brought Chris Paul in, he was going to teach De- De- uh, he was gonna teach Devin Booker how to be a leader because Devin Booker was just one of those guys in the league that could go score, mm-hmm. right? So I didn't factor in what he can do in that aspect, uh-huh. right? Uh, and so now looking at it, I'm like, yo, I mean, if we could get this dude, and I feel like he wants to stay, right? Like, like he wants to stay, mm-hmm. right? So I feel like, why not keep him and then find another guard, right? Find a guard that that can step into the the role of a starter, mm-hmm. a younger guard, right? Somebody that you can mentor, right? Like, I would love to go. I think, I, if I'm not mistaken, we originally had him. Did we have him first? Um Maybe not, but I would like to go get a guy like Anthony Simons, right? Mm-hmm. Like I would, I would love to. I would love a, a a young athletic guard that can that can do a lot of different things. Yeah. Be able to knock down a shot or be mm-hmm. able to go crazy when 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 KD or when Devin Booker can't can't get it going, right? We yeah. we I think we we definitely need a guard that can get get there that. Mm-hmm. 
Chris Paul can mentor, right? Mm-hmm. So if Chris Paul gets hurt, we're fine, right? And then Chris Paul may not even have to be playing these minutes to get hurt. <laughs> and I think that's the biggest thing about Chris Paul. I think it's like a double-edged sword. To me, I think he has to play in games to stay in healthy. I mean, to stay fresh, to keep your form right. You know, you're older now. Like, you can't sit out too many games for nothing. So I think he tries to do that to stay Keep his flow going, keep your jumper right, keep your pace up. But then, like you said, it's wearing and tearing on your body. Mm-hmm. And when we need you the most, it's evident that he just breaks down. Yeah. And, I, and I, again, like I said, he's what, 38? Yeah. And that's fine. Like, nobody's talking about this man's longevity and everything that he's doing, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Chris Paul, as much as people hate or talk bad about Chris Paul, is amazing at what he does, right? right. At, a, at a guard position, right? And he's been doing it at a long time with multiple teams. Chris Paul is definitely an asset to your team now. Mm-hmm. Now I get the money wise, right? Like, but that's that's another conversation, right? Like you sit down, you have that conversation. Hey, if you want, if you want to stay here and, and you want this amount of money, mm-hmm. you got to be much more durable, brother. You Cause, have to, because you us paying you this hurts us over here because now we got. And I don't have nothing wrong. I don't. I don't. I don't. Cam, I don't have nothing against campaign, right? Campaign is definitely a decent guy to come in, but he's mm-hmm. definitely no, 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 he's not starting <laughs> point guard of the future. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, if and, y'all walk him out there, point guard, <laughs> opening night, they gonna think they gonna take us in trouble. trouble. He in trouble, <laughs> right? There ain't so, no knock on KD and D book. We right. just speaking, but I do think that's where DeAndre Aiden comes in. Mm-hmm. I do think. You have to trade him because now we're in an era where you don't need a super big anymore. Right. So now you could trade him to go get you a guard. Right. Which guard is the mystery. Right. That's the mystery. Which guard? Uh, rumored Kyrie Irving. I I seen that. I seen I seen I seen Kyrie again. Sign and trade. Trade DeAndre Aiden over there. Luca needs a center. Mm-hmm. Needs a big that can run, roll the floor, pick and roll, screw, roll. Got a little mid range. Like there's definitely some trade partners for him. My so, only my only thing with Kyrie and I love Kyrie to death mm-hmm. because he Me is, too. He is definitely he's one of them guys. It don't matter where you at in this planet and what's going on, he's going to hoop, right? Mm-hmm. But you also have two other dudes on that team that all they do too mm-hmm. is going to hoop. My only thing is is I don't know if that pushes us past Denver, right? Mm-hmm. Like I don't I don't know, right? Mm-hmm. Because Again, as we've seen with Denver, and that's what I be looking at when we're, when I'm like building, like looking at the Suns. I'm like, does this make us championship? I don't want to know. Oh yeah, this gets us the French front first seed. Does this? Right. No, we got two years. What was that? Two years ago when Milwaukee just ran right through us. You uh-huh. know what I'm saying? Like, is that enough? Facts. I, I don't know if adding him is enough. Right? Like, I, I, I. To me, it almost puts a, puts me back in the same situation as is right now, right? Like, because again, Kyrie is another guy that just so many questions, right? Too is he many. gonna is he is he gonna get along with the team, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the still the biggest mystery today with Kyrie is is why didn't it work in Boston, right? <laughs> why didn't I get? I don't really I don't really put too much weight on 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 in. Um, in Brooklyn, right? Brooklyn was a different situation. It's the pandemic. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of variables that played in Charlotte. But I'm like, why didn't it work in Boston? Yeah. Right? Like, like you had everything that you needed. Why didn't you have? Granted, I understand that Boston team. And maybe it just might be Boston, right? And Kyrie might just be falling into the gaps of, you know, jacked mm-hmm. up situations, right? Mm-hmm. 
But does that make us better? I don't know. Right, right, right. And I do think y'all need a, a floor general. I do think D-Book can handle some guard duties and, mm-hmm. and get some assists. But I do think y'all need a true point guard mm-hmm. somebody who can get guys open. Yeah. Again, Fred Van Fleet out there on the market for some space. Now maybe you get him in the free agency. You can trade Aiden and go mm-hmm. get you another big of a sort, some more wing players. Because you still got to fill out the depth because you traded all, traded all your bench away to us when you got Kevin Durant. Right. So we got everybody over there. So you're definitely going to need to rebuild rebuild the, the bench and things of that nature. Uh but um, I definitely think uh, it's going to be interesting all season. Again, I'm, I'm definitely I, I want to see where DeAndre Aiden goes. I think that's going to be uh, exciting to see. Um, before we get up out of here, got to talk about the finals, man. Joker got him one. Uh, very, very impressive. I talked about it a little bit, but just just go ahead and uh, speak on the finals. Just give your take, man. What do you what do you think going into next season for both teams? Uh, I'll start with the the champions, right? Like before. Denver, Denver. Like I said before. Um, I've watched them build, right? Like, I watched them build the last couple years with the team that they have, right? Like, they had an incredible draft class. I wanted Michael Porter Jr., mm-hmm. but we took, which wasn't a bad pickup, right before right before we got Michael Bridges, they picked up Michael Porter Jr. Mm-hmm. That's who I wanted to come to the Suns. Mm-hmm. But, nonetheless, that's a, that was a heck of a pickup. They even picked up, I want to say, what was that, the following year, Bobo? Right, mm-hmm. they had they 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 know how to draft. They know how to build a team, and they don't. It doesn't really seem like they have too many egos over there, right? Mm-hmm. Like they're in Denver. What's in Denver, right? Like Denver's a nice place to be, but there's no there's they they have a a, a complete team from top to bottom. Mm-hmm. They have length like no other, right? And then their their best player by far is the biggest man on the court, but he does not play only as a big man, right? He does so many other roles that makes that team that much dangerous. And then you have an incredible <laughs> incredible guard running around and Jamal Murray that is just, what can you do with them, right? Like, so Denver, I think, is going to be perfectly fine, right? I think they do a great job developing their team, mm-hmm. um, their players. Um, I would just love now, and I mean, obviously they, they won a championship, so now that brings a little spark to other people. I mean, shoot, even got Aaron Gordon was a heck of a pickup, right? So mm-hmm. again, all these pieces that they came and picked up and and implemented on this team, they do a great job over there in that office. So Denver, I feel like with this championship, now open the door for even more role players to be able to come to help them sustain what they got going on as long as they do it right. Um Miami, on the other hand, Miami um, is a great market. I mean, obviously, they're, they, you know, Pat does what Pat does. So, mm-hmm. but, but for them to go as far as they did with what they had, that was, I mean, that's a, that's a story in itself. That's a, that, that was an incredible run, right? Like, that was incredible. My, Miami was almost not in the playoffs. No, right? facts, facts. Right? And so, for them to even, you know, Shoot, I I mean I I look at it as at least they pinched the Giants, right? Like uh uh LA couldn't do that, right? <laughs> they stole one win, right? And uh, and and by the looks of it, they still were trying, they still were fighting in this finals, right? So if they if they would have won this game and went back to Miami, we might be having a different conversation, right? But nonetheless, I like what they got going on. Miami just has to find the proper pieces. And it's hard because you have a guy like Jimmy Butler and you have all these other role players and no real actual 
superstar on the team. So it's hard to – I think – I, I this is when Pat O'Reilly's greatness comes in to figure out who they're going to pair with a guy like Jimmy Butler, right? Somebody that's as competitive as he is. Because mm-hmm. we all know Jimmy Butler isn't the best basketball player. He might not even be top 10, right? But his competitive nature and what he can do in the playoffs is top three, right? <laughs> right? So – but you have to you got to figure out how to bring somebody in that's not going to um allow Jimmy Butler to be Jimmy Butler. You know what I'm saying? Like I think I think you need to bring in somebody or pieces that will uh only enhance Jimmy Butler mm-hmm. but then also bring a little bit I think what Miami lacked was some structure, right? I think they were a little bit raw, a little grit, but I think they if they had Shoot, I mean, I don't know if Chris Paul would do it, but a guy that like uh, like a Chris Paul that mm-hmm. is competitive, but that can bring structure and that can bring some type of understanding to the game to mm-hmm. catapult you over. I think, I mean, I think that would be a good start. So I, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know exactly who that would be, right? I don't know who that who's available for that role for that, but I think Miami again, Miami just catapulted, and I mean they would link all the way. To the finals Limped. and through the finals. All right? the way. Like, like they would, uh, shoot, everybody want to talk about handicapped teams. I think they were the most handicapped team, right? Two of their, or two or three of their top guys were out. Well, wow. from the start of the playoffs, from the first game. So, I mean, so with, with that thinking, I mean, you went into the playoffs with less than everybody else had and came up short, barely, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know what? I'm 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 excited to see what Miami has. Um, I'm excited to see um, what they're gonna do. And now, with I, you know, because now now it puts on the question is is do you keep the guys you have, or because their value is high, you you send them off and you get something else, right? Like get more known players, more yeah, consistent right, players, right? So you know, it just. Again, it goes with Pat, but Pat likes his guys. Pat likes loyalty. Pat is a is a big man on on that. So you know, well, he may just keep those guys, continue to develop them because he knows in the they're gonna give back. Mm-hmm. So appreciative. Oh yeah. Before we get out of here, last thing: draft coming up on the twenty second of this month. Victor Wabanyama, Victor Wabanyama. Just give me a little take on him, man. Man, that dude is amazing. <laughs> I was watching a few. I watched a few of uh, the the uh, what was that? I watched a few clips of uh, I think when they played uh, the Ignite. Uh-huh. I, I watched. Henderson. I watched a few clips of when they played. Uh, who else did they play? They played. Uh, was it the the U.S. when he went crazy on when he Chet did, did listen. He's better than a lot of these dudes that are already in the league, right? My only, my only with him, my only problem with him uh-huh. is we don't know if he's durable enough, right? Right. He's, I mean, because respectfully, Chet Holmgren missed the whole year because LeBron stepped on his foot <laughs> in a in a pickup game. Right. Literally, that's literally what happened. You go watch it. Like LeBron stepped on his foot and he broke his whole foot. So I'm 100 percent backing that. <laughs> But again, if the way the league is, the way the rules is, if he can figure it out, yeah, that's a dangerous kid, bro. This man shooting threes with one hand, bro. Shot a three, big, bricked it, and tip smashed it. Like, who the does that? <laughs> who tip smashes a brick? Their own brick three. 
Bro, stop playing, what bro. What is he, 7'3", seven, 7'3", seven, seven, three, bro, seven, with seven. like almost an eight-feet wingspan. He can dribble. He can handles. Shoot. And it's a tight dribble. It ain't even like long with his arms. Like, it's tight to the body. I'm, and that's why he always be like, hey, I, I'm myself, man. I didn't keep my game after nobody. So, but he, but he, so, so what he reminds me of, a bigger version, obviously, a mm-hmm. lankier version of, of a, to me, I not obviously not as great as the shooter, but he reminds me of like a young KD, as as thin as he is, right? Mm-hmm. Like when KD came in, that was one of the biggest questions. It's like, yo, can he hold up? Right, and so that just with him, and but, more more or less, he's held up. Right, so even with and so now with him at seven three, and you're more of a in a big man role. I think, I think, if if my projection of right on how the NBA is going. Um, you were gonna, and we ha- we've. I mean, we we we're we're there. We're mm-hmm. getting a lot of these at super athletic, lanky guys, right? Mm-hmm. That can do X, Y, and Z. They can do everything, right? Um, him, I think. I think if he, he's gonna go to the Spurs, right? Um, I think if he gets a team. A coach and a front office that will tailor their tailor their team to his abilities. I think mm-hmm. he'll be fine, right? And that's why I think he went to the perfect team. And again, I pref- I, I preferred him either for my own personal. I wanted him to go to Charlotte or Portland. I love Lamelo Ball and I love Dame Lillard, so that was why I wanted them to both, either one of them to get around and pick one. Mm-hmm. But he, I said on air the best team for him to go to out of the teams that had lottery. Wasn't San Antonio Spurs for those reasons. They are going to build a team around him. They are going to focus on what he does well, craft those to their good, then work on the next part of your game. And they're going to, like you said, do the right thing to fully develop him. And people may think there's nobody on that team yet. It's like, yeah, it's not. But when you get somebody like this, you make other players around you better, and now their games are going to be like, oh, who is Keldon Johnson? What he been doing over there? Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, he's been over right, here, but right, he's right, the only guy here. Right. Now he's going to have somebody right. to take a little pressure off of him and make some plays. They got the rookie cat. They drafted these yards. Forget his name. He had the blonde hair all year. Remind me of Kyle Kuzma. But, again, bro, Victor's going to be able to help these guys. If you're as great as you are, when I tell you that round one, pick one, you elevate everybody. That's what you're here to do. Mm-hmm. Or you go crazy, crazy. You know what I'm saying? So, I think he's going to be able to do a little bit of both. I think it's going to be exciting to see. The Spurs do a great job of developing. We talking pop, man. They, they, they the do goat. It. They do it. I mean, let's think about that, right? Like, they created Kawhi, right? right? I got Kawhi to pick 14, bro. <laughs> right? Like, look Got Manu at the top of the second round. <laughs> we talking, like you said, we talking real development. Bruce Bowen. Right. Second round. Like, real development of players. Don't forget Derek White. Who just went mm-hmm. first team all defense for the uh, Boston Celtics this year? Coming off the bench, went first team all defense. He's been a starter for the Spurs, drafted by the Spurs, product of the Spurs. Yes, who else was over there? C- come on, throw <laughs> some more on him. DeJounte Murray. <laughs> DeJounte Murray, all star player. Only traded him because Pop told him, You're too good to be here. I want you to go chase the ring. This is what Pop does. He develops players. So imagine getting somebody who doesn't really need developing, he just needs crafting. This is gonna be even easier for Pop. Uh, don't don't get me wrong. Uh, what's his name is over there too? Uh, on Memphis. Is he, is he on? No, he went on Memphis. He's on Minnesota now. Uh, fighting with Rudy Gobert. Uh, 
Oh, Cal, Cal Anderson. Yeah, yeah. These are all products of Pops, man. Like, these is all Pops' sons. And, again, these guys are great players, and that's why I truly believe he is in the best place like to succeed. Like you know what I'm saying? If you don't succeed, this is your fault. You are in the perfect coach, perfect hands, not a super big market, but has winning history. So, you feel me? It's perfect, and I think it's. I think it should be good for him. And if you want to watch him play, you should start looking for the Vegas Summer League tickets now because he's not going to play in SAC. At, even though SAC got a nice little, you feel me now? He's not because Spurs play in Sacramento Summer League every year and they play in Vegas. I'm not sure he's going to play in both of them. You're around one, pick one. He'll probably play in one. Which one he plays in, I don't know yet. Vegas seems like it for, for them. I feel like if the NBA has anything to do with it, they'll make him play in Vegas. Pop has a choice. Pop gonna make him play in sack. Yep. You see what I'm saying? Like that's why I'm like, it just depends on who. If the NBA yeah. make him, they'll make him go to Vegas. But if Pop has a choice, go to sack. Nobody gonna be there. Even though it's gonna be full because you're there, it's still mm-hmm. Sacramento. Mm-hmm. You, you're good. So we'll see though. Sin, thanks for coming in, man. Thank you for coming in. Hey, if you ain't doing nothing tomorrow, come back with Fuck Work Friday. I'm doing it again. Got some more topics to talk about as well. You already know, man. It's going to be an intro. we probably have another guest on there, too, as well. So, you know, again, thank you to everybody that tuned in. You already know, if you got Spotify, go add the Bringing the Wood podcast on Spotify and subscribe to your boy. Uh, go out and tell somebody you don't, somebody you might not see this week, you love them, man. You already know. Tell a friend, tell a neighbor. Hell, tell your enemy, man. We talk real good over here on the podcast. Love, peace, and hair grease. It's the Bringing the Wood podcast. Myself, my bro, Sin, thank you again for coming through. It's the Bringing the Wood podcast. You know we're doing this thing here. We just brought the wood. Peace.